Hey everybody, it is Mike from First Issue Club. Before we get this week's episode up, I wanted to give you a couple updates. We changed feeds, so we're hopefully going to be available soon on more platforms like Spotify, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, all those good things. Um, So you can listen to us wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts most. Um, Because we are switching, we're a little late releasing our issue. Normally we come out on Wednesdays. This one's releasing on Thursday. Um, We're hoping that everything goes smoothly with this upload. There may be a chance that we've got some weird doubling of stuff or extra shows in your feed. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, But if it does, here's your pre-apology. For now, we're still keeping our current website up, but be expecting um, firstissueclub.com to be coming soon. And we'll be moving our feed and all that good stuff there to a new site so we can have more people listening to the podcast the way they would prefer to listen to it. Um, That's it for now. Enjoy the episode. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of First Issue Club, the weekly podcast where we cover number one comics for you, our loyal listeners. We help aid you through the muddy and murky waters. That is the comic book landscape. And boy, oh boy, is it muddy and murky. And that's why we're here, to help you, to help us, to help you. Somewhere in there is a concise and logical thought, but we'll figure that out later. My name is Greg Lichtai, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with Budget King, Caitlin, and Mike. Hi. Hey. Hello. We have yet to figure out how to respond to that in the <laughs> intro. Yeah, that's true. But We'll work on it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? 150 episodes. <laughs> I think we'll get it at some point. In this week's episode, we are going to be covering the new Joe Hill book, Dying is Easy, and the new Jeremy Hahn book, Red Mother. And this comic book is like the uh, your window to the world. In some ways, so like which some, one? The the actual world. So some people might be looking out and seeing snow right oh, now. Oh, our podcast is. Yes, you said this comic book is. Oh, this podcast. This podcast. This po- That's a, often that's a common mistake we do on this podcast. It's called everything a comic. Book. Yes, <laughs> I'm a comic book. We're all comic books. Yes. Um. And anyway, so like, uh, if you wanted to see flipping through it, <laughs> yes. If you wanted to see the world, comic books might be that way. This podcast is your window, but what we do every week is we goose it up for you. We make it all real nice. Yep, we juice it, and we make it all nice and funny. Is that, a, is that you juicing? Yeah. You juicing ju- the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what are you injecting into the podcast right now? Uh, fun flavor and intellect. <laughs> oh, more fun flavor than intellect if you're a longtime listener. Yeah, we're packed full of flavor. That's what I have to say. Well, you guys should really be thankful that we're here because we all braved this Midwestern snow that we are currently uh, experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. It is coming down in fat clumps, and it is not fun to drive. Yeah. Some, some people experienced it a couple weeks ago. We're now getting it. Global warming is real. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah, let's play some real fun. Is that part of the fun flavor? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Is that your Trump impression? Yeah, I don't know if I could do her voice. Did you like... see that that stupid tweet he did where he put his head on her? I've body talked about this so many times that I assumed oh, we had God. talked about this, but I was like, what a new fucking low. You're president. You got in a Twitter war with a 16-year-old. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You like you can't get any lower than that. I mean, we talk about how, like, internet bullying is a thing, and we're watching it from our fucking His goddamn chief. wife is the leader of no bullying. Yeah. Like, she could have picked any topic. Yeah. Yeah. She could have picked, like, don't swing your rakes around and hit people, <laughs> and it would have been <laughs> better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to my campaign, swinging rigs has gone down 40%. <laughs> my husband's still a giant chode. <laughs> and has a giant chode. Well, it's that time of the year, guys. Everything's winding down. We're heading closer to the new year. Uh, 2019 is coming to a sporadic and chaotic end. And hopefully from that blossoms 2020, a new enlightenment era 
of reasoning and logic and yes, a yeah. place of peace for our uh, lovely world oh, that we live in. I do hope the new enlightenment comes in 2020. Yeah, well, hopefully. Or that or a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but around this time, everyone likes to do their top 10, top 5 of 2019, whether it be comic books, albums, movies, whatever. Um, so I kind of want to go around. And we will be no different. That is true. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. We will be doing our annual uh, Best of 2019. Uh, look for that, I think, in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. It should be our last episode of the year, I think. Yeah, so we're really excited for that. Yeah. A lot of great stuff came out. And also a lot of not great stuff came out this year, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, so look for that, um, the last episode of the year from us. So while we're on the topic of it, I just want to kind of get one entry from each of you, maybe not comic book related, but what from 2019 is like one of your top things that you remembered or really enjoyed. I mean, it can be anything, any kind of media. I'll, I'll go first. I'll get this ball rolling. Endgame. Endgame oh. ruled my world this year. That's yeah. a good take. Um, it, it was just the culmination of 11 years of me just being a diehard Marvel fan, Marvel movie fan, and never have I seen uh, a piece of cinema pay off so well. I mean, it all came together. It was shot beautifully, acted wonderfully. It made such a dynamic uh, uh, effect on just the pop culture landscape that it is undeniable. It should make everyone's top five list of amazing things of 2019. Do you need a tissue for your tears? <laughs> I'm fine. I just I, I dab them and then yeah. drink them. Uh-huh. Did you ever get a chance to see the extra footage? No, 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 no. Okay, so even as big a fan as you are, that what that Still didn't that care. money grab didn't get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I didn't need to. Like I, from no, what I, I heard, what they I added, you. I was yeah. just like, I don't. Need I was to like, see not that. the audience, but I was wondering who was. I didn't yeah, need to see that two-minute clip of Hulk clearing his throat and <laughs> transitioning to a new scene. Oh, I would have bought it if it was yeah. that. I was also like, in two weeks, I'm just going to see this on the internet, anyways. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Caitlin's next, and she's like, "My highlight of 2019 was our wedding, Greg." <laughs> I said, "Oh, it media. wasn't, but now I feel like it should have been." Oh, I said, nuts. "I said media thing, media, like obviously nuts. getting yeah. married to the love of my well, life." Well, mine was our watching, rewatching, yeah, no. your, your wedding on a cell phone video. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? I'll I'll go. My 2019 is. Um, I think this was 2019. It was. I think you should leave. The Tim Robinson show. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, you God. took the you I can't see anybody else getting better than that. That's is that was that yours? No, I oh, okay. didn't think of it. And that's that's why I love this. I love just seeing other people listen and being like, Yes, that was awesome. It's I think the gift that is kept on giving. <laughs> I've watched that show a million times by now. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. It actually gets funnier as you quote it mm-hmm. to yeah. your friends. Yeah. It's one of those experiential things. Yeah. And all the screen grabs and the gifts that have been <laughs> spawned from it have just been absolutely perfect. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I was so happy when they when I found out that it's getting a second season. Is mm-hmm. it? Oh god, it deserves it too. There's been so many times where people will be like, "Do you like this show?" And then somebody will be like, "Oh no," uh-huh. and I'm like, "Oh, I, I don't. I'm not gonna like that person. Yeah. Or I'm not gonna get along We're with." We're gonna them. have some clear division. <laughs> yeah, we we tr- we actually had an experience like that. Um, we tr- we showed that uh, television show when to our cousins. When you pulled it up on Netflix, I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. That we want to end the night here. Like, I this could be real good or this could be There's real." Bad. So many nights that it ends for me. <laughs> and it was real bad. We were cackling oh, and they was, were just it was bad. stone-faced. They were just like, ah. Like, I think they didn't want to make yeah. us feel bad. But that's, that's the thing that makes me laugh more, is when they're just like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. It's like, this guy says mud pie a lot. <laughs> also, he really let a joke. You don't touch the receipt! <laughs> Why is he talking about shit so much? Did you fucking touch it? We gotta go. (laughs) That's very quotable. Very quotable. If you haven't seen it, run out and and then go watch his characters (laughs) episode too. Yeah, his episode of the characters is great. Oh yeah, it's the same shit. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that uh, he had that show Detroiters on Comedy Central that only did like two or three seasons. Yeah, I never got to watch that, but it has been on my list. I've heard it's equally. Somebody told me it's equally as good. Yeah, Yeah. I've heard great things. I can do. I can go. Okay. Um, uh, Vampire Weekend came out with a new album, Father of the Bride, and I thought it was amazing. That was our first dance song. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. it was so good, and it like didn't get like the whole album. Yeah, (laughs) we danced for sixty minutes. (laughs) Hell yeah. He has a kid with Rashida Jones. Did you guys know that? I didn't. What? Yeah. And so, like, a lot of it Ezra is... Ezra, what is his name? Ezra? Uh, Koning? Yes. Yeah. 
um, a lot of the album is about like kind of coming of age and like just you know he's been now an artist for 12 years or more and like during the boom of like the blog era to now and like reflection I also listened to his podcast he's really in, into the Grateful Dead so there's a lot of like weird which Seriously? I don't like jam band stuff but that really influenced this album that's insane I would never have pegged that me neither. Like, that's not a thing that I ever... But I was like, maybe I like The Grateful Dead. I well, actually, no. That one song, Sunflower, Yeah, I can I can hear it right. now. Yeah. And I love that song. Mm-hmm. Every song, I like it. And then one of my fa- uh, favorite memories was it came out the weekend I was in Oklahoma City and we were just driving around listening to it. And I was like, Oklahoma City is awesome. Shout out to Oklahoma City. Hey. <laughs> if you're listening to Oklahoma City. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just had a lot of good memories and a lot of good times with it. So, yeah. Uh, are they married or are they just like had a kid together? I think if you're that famous and cool, you don't get married. Yeah. You just have a kid and then it's like, and then fuck other even if you do get married, you like don't change your name. You don't like really. Yeah. Your schedule isn't going to change. Right. You're not going to stop being famous. (laughs) Yeah. Or working. And then, um, Danielle Heim was on that album a lot. Yeah. A bunch. Yeah. I love, I love Heim. There was so many, yeah, there's so many hits on that album. And I was like, what a great year for from music <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was a great year for music i'm really basic my favorite album and most listened to album of the year was ariana grande's thank you next it got me really pumped up and kept me moving through work on many a day that i listen to that song all the time i love nasa nasa's a great song <laughs> the thing about that album is a lot of the songs are kind of comical because just any sugar pop is just over the top now, and that's how you get people to have conversations about it. It's just ridiculous lyrics, mm-hmm. super sugary, um, textured beats, and it's just fun. Yeah, that's a great album, too. Yeah, it had a lot of staying power, I think. The key to a good album is have a high-profile relationship that ends right before <laughs> you release. That Man. was with Pete Davidson, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that would have been, like, the best PR stunt of all time if it, if that actually wasn't what it was. And they got tattoos and yeah. stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a huge thing, and it was like, did she, you know, she wrote a song about him mm-hmm. and about it. And Well, you... actually, I think the best PR move for that album was Mac Miller dying right before it. And she really loaded it up for herself. Yeah. <laughs> well, but she caught a lot of flack for not talking about Lined him for a Lined up the dominoes while. and had her hitman knock him down. She had a nice, you, I, that was weird that, be that great that was, if you just go ahead and OD on that. Because she had a really nice, like, sweet tweet about him yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And people so. got mad that she wouldn't like do an interview about it no. for a while. Well, that's not her place to do that. No. Like, she I, agree. To. I agree. Now that we have all the 2019 best of out of the way, let's go ahead and get this podcast started. Here's a little bro bro move for you. Burp in the mic. A little cup of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you don't ever hear professional women burping in mics, I'll tell you that. All right, let's get into it with Red Mother from Boom Studios from Jeremy Hahn and Danny Luckert. You may remember them from the popular book The Beauty. I know both mics were big fans of that book. I read all of it. Were you guys excited <laughs> to see this creative team back together again? I was. I was sad to see the beauty go. So excited to see Red Mother come. <laughs> Sunrise, sunset. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Caitlin, Red Mother, what do you got for us? So this is like this is a, a horror story, but it this first issue definitely feel felt to me more like a recovery story. Um, essentially, yeah. this first book is the main character going through a really traumatic loss um, in an instant of both the love of her life and her eyeball. Basically, from then on, is just struggling to reclaim her life befo- from before. Um, maybe some pill addiction issues, mm-hmm. um, some isolation issues. And then she just suddenly starts seeing red out of both eyes, um, where she doesn't actually have the other eye yet. Um, she sees this very scary creature that we can only assume is... Slenderman. <laughs> it did look like Slenderman, <laughs> but like uh, the titular character. Yeah, that was a great intro. The one thing that I think that like this whole book hangs on is like if 
five pages in, some gates open up, and her lover is like taken by this ominous monster. And then her before her, saying her, something about like I, I'm he's like yes he, mother. Yeah, he's or, like yes mother. Oh, scary. Yeah. And then her eyes. But we don't out. see a monster. No, right? we don't see no. anything. We see it's, him dragged away. So so much intrigue in this issue with very little answers. Mm-hmm. And this is also one where I did not do a lot of synopsis reading before I read this, and that may be to the benefit like I loved not knowing anything about the storyline I think that's the only way I can do it now yeah Every... I don't want to get too hyped on things yeah I should, I should maybe adopt that philosophy expectations on what it's going to be every synopsis I read said hugely anticipated team horror book slow burn and I think those would be I don't have many takes outside of that slow burn's accurate for mm-hmm. sure because yeah. there's this is not a high octane comic book this is a slow creep book that's not you're not going to read this and be like oh my god i have to read the rest of this series if you don't have some context i think I, just, I really wanted it to be a double issue it felt like it was just like super short i mean we got a really a lot of backstory about what she was going through with losing her lover her eye and like the recovery process like that mm-hmm. but as far as like much about the story i was like i could use about maybe five more pages of this Uh i i feel like i got to know her really well and see a blip of her life that was really interesting and it was just enough of a taste or a tease that i'm really stoked for more issues of this i i am too i love the design of it because it like it acted like a horror movie yeah. so like the, there would just be whole pages that would be read and then that would be wiped away and it'd be like everything's perfect in this like copacetic hospital and yeah. it just like reminded me exactly like how horror movies like but also like the like not in this medium but like the lighting like the kind of like gray lens that it's in and mm-hmm. like kind of the dimmer um tones were fitting with that too the red motif was so striking added a lot of just style to this alone, but um, also just really made you question what's happening with her and how does she tie into this like mysterious fucked up thing. One thing that I was thinking about is that Red Mother is not apparent anywhere in this besides like some of the covers. So there's a little bit of mystery and intrigue as to what the Red Mother is. I mean, she sees Red, there's a Slenderman-esque monster, but- And he says mother. He says That's mother, it. yeah, and, and stuff like that. But there's not, we don't know what a red, the red mother mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I was not having the covers in front of me. I was like, I don't, I, is she the red mother? Mm-hmm. I know he's going well, to a does, red mother. It does look as if she's going to have some kind of connection to the red mother from the cover. Yeah. And it doesn't look like the red mother and this figure that we see in this first book are the same person. I think there's a certain style of European horror movie that this is like mimicking a little bit. Um, like What Lives Below or there's some other like horror movies where it's like... The Babadook? Is that a European movie? That's an Australian movie, yeah. I think. So maybe just not American like horror movies. Um, it just felt... If if we were talking to Jeremy Hahn right now and he didn't say this was horror movie inspired, I would be dumbstruck. I would call him a liar to his face. <laughs> and sh- and also, sh- uh, Jeremy Hahn, um, we had a great interview with him on this podcast. Big fan of him. Um, and he's a fucking phenomenal writer. I have a hot take on format. Reddit Digital, because I'm waiting on my copies to come in the mail. We all had to wait for our copies. Yeah, exactly so right. Digital, yeah. Selling out. Hot book. Digital. Better format for horror comics. I agree. Yeah, they well, pace it so you can like. Yep. Get Especially the full in effect. that view, the view that not seeing reveal, like when you turn a page and uh, having a reveal on page two that like I caught a glimpse of it and I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to swipe and do one thing at a time was great. Additionally, they're doing such cool things with digital comics now, where I'm s- swiping and then you see this red panel, and then you swipe again. And then the text like it zooms out or yeah, like animates in over this like blood red screen. And it's just like, ooh, gave you chills. It's just something that's like so nuanced, but it, it added a lot to the experience for me. Can you can you can you imagine <laughs> um, reading them in that like focused view in VR? Like, I'm sure oh. that's where it's going to go. That would be if awesome. It isn't available ooh, already. Comics in VR. That would be yeah. sick. Mm-hmm. That'd I be would so love cool. That. Actually, yeah. That's a really great point. Just throw on your headset yeah. to read it. Yeah. yeah. It'd be cool if they do the background separate so you look around a oh little my bit. God. Oh, my fucking God. That yep. would be insane. It's yep. kind of like exploring a little yeah. scene. Take all my money. <laughs> yeah, it is yours. <laughs> if this was the first 10 minutes of a horror movie, I would be hooked. I'll be shocked if this doesn't get optioned. 
it seems like an easy setup for a show but or a movie. But it doesn't seem like I a would... show is the thing. It seems like a movie. Yeah. Well, either way. Sure. A Most things are getting showed option, though, that are comic books. Mm-hmm. So, like, to turn this into a movie is a little bit, is cool. It's a different take. What were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say the beauty, when I read that first issue, I was like, TV show. 100%. Yeah. And I am surprised. I don't know if anything's happened with it, but I am surprised I haven't heard for sure that that is happening somewhere. He was, when he interviewed with us, yep. there was a couple of things he was like, I can't tell you right now. Yeah. And he, although he is uh, prolific, he doesn't have as many projects as like Cullen did. Mm-hmm. So when Cullen was also saying that, I was just like, yeah, of the hundred that you have, I had no idea it was going to be, it ended up being this one weird book that I had never, that I had Anyway, but, like, in Jeremy's case, he only has, like, ten books, I think. So it, it probably was the beauty that he was talking about. I'm well, sure he doesn't want to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> and it could it could certainly be something that hasn't been released yet, right? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah true. Um, how do you guys think it handled, like, loss and, like, that kind of, like, mental health issues of physically losing a part of your body and, like, having someone just taken away from you in such a traumatic way? I thought it dealt really well with that. Yeah. The it was totally unnecessary to the overall plot. I guess it's themed in on the eyeball itself, but like when she gets the replacement, like the glass eye or whatever, and just her reaction of just like tears and feeling like now I'm I'm ba- I'm coming back to the person I was and just being so grateful that she was able to get this replacement like um I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a prosthesis. Maybe it is pros- like a prosthesis, but yeah. um like, I thought it dealt really well with that. The fact that she was able to connect for a bit with her friend, but then it just made her feel way worse because she can't really talk about it yet. I yeah. thought it dealt really well with those aspects. Well, yeah, and you saw, like, the the apprehension of, like, the I, I felt weirded out. Like, the friend obviously just wanted to talk about what happened and, like... Well, I think there's a lot of pressure on, on friends who go who go through the support of a friend who's going through trauma. You don't want to take too much of it on. Yeah. Um, you don't want to avoid it. You want to know what the right thing is for them, and that's a lot of pressure. I, I recently had, I would say, he was a friend, but we weren't, like, super close, uh, take his life. And at the funeral, I was navigating a lot of that where I was like, oh, shit, this person does cannot talk about this right now. Or, like, this person, we can kind of just have good memories about this person here. And yeah. I think that's that's a weird thing that you don't you don't know or think about until you are in that in the midst of loss. Well, yeah, no one really teaches you how to handle that kind of situation ever. You can't teach it because it's different for every person. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that they can go to somebody who's just experienced something terrible like that and say, I know how you feel and here's some bad things that have happened to me, so I'm right there with you. (laughs) And that's like the least helpful thing. Yeah. Like, Typically, the no one knows who... how anyone else experiences right. pain. Even if, like, let's say that we both had identical twins that died in car accidents. Like, I can't tell you that my experience is the same as yours. They're different. Yeah. Yeah. I found that sometimes just showing up is enough. That's, I w- yeah, I was going to yeah. say, sometimes the people who do have the most similar experiences mm-hmm. won't do that. And just by observing, like... Yep how people with trauma relate to other people with trauma, that's really not the move to make. Yep. I like that her friend in the book just keeps calling her and calling her yes. and calling her. Not yeah. leaving like, her alone. You'll talk to me on, on your own time. Yeah. I'll, I'll still be available tomorrow yeah. even though you haven't picked up the phone mm-hmm. for me in like I'll be ringing you. 10 days straight. So that's I think Jeremy and this creative team do a really good job with writing people in a realistic way. Like the couple... When we started the book and they're having, like, a happy moment, Mm -hmm. just seemed really real. The relationship between the friends seemed real. Um, It can be hard to navigate this sort of thing in a comic book and not make it feel forced. And it was very natural to me. Like, the introduction of the pills, even that didn't seem forced. And that can get very stereotypical. Like, cool, now she's got an addiction. Like, she's turning to drugs. But, like, it didn't feel that way at all. A big overreaction. I've got to tease the pill thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you guys think it was realistic when, in the beginning of the book, um, she said that she ate a whole pizza and then wants to have sex still. 
<laughs> I know that this is going to really benefit you in some way. <laughs> um, What's your angle? <laughs> I, if I'm full of pizza, I don't really know if I want to have sex. Aren't you constantly full of well, pizza? Well, he didn't eat it. She ate it. He wanted to have sex with her. True. But she was just like, okay, belly full of pizza? How about a belly full of you now? Like, let's do this. <laughs> oh, God. After I gorge myself, Yikes. I want to fuck. <laughs> Like a true hedonist. Yeah. yeah. Can we fuck on top of the food? <laughs> Give me that turkey and some sex. <laughs> now I just imagine you having sex, eating it's a, a turkey leg. It's like line ah, before ah, you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I am. Maybe that's my fetish. Is eating while I've had. Se- I'm having sex. I haven't tried it. Eating while you're having. How do you sex? know if it's a fetish if you haven't tried it? Yeah. Exactly. You don't. You Sorry, can't, Heather. <laughs> you can't truly know. I'm not suggesting you that you do this. You can't truly now. know your fetishes unless you try them. So tonight, go to bed with a bowl of cottage cheese <laughs> and be like, hey, baby, I want to try something new tonight. As both being people who don't eat cheese, this will be great. Cottage Ooh. cheese. That's like the grossest one to yeah, but start it's spongy, with. like two bodies mm-hmm. coming together. Have fun trying to climax when you're holding in all your burps and farts <laughs> and thinking about that the entire time. Oh, God. Well, it sounds like you're not holding them back. Yeah, eating's not going to stop that. So so it's just for your pure enjoyment, not the other person. (laughs) She's got like a hazmat suit on. Just like finish it. Yeah. (laughs) This chocolate cake is good. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) What'd you say? I said funny. Um, if you guys lost an eye, like this woman did, yeah. would you get an identical eye put back in? I would. Or would you get like I a don't funny think I'd one? I get a fun one. Like a smiley face or a bullseye <laughs> well, I wouldn't get a fun one. I might be eye patch guy. You'd be an eye patch man? I've seen some people rock it. Eye patch man? Yeah. yeah. Eye patch man. <laughs> I've always thought if I ever lost an eye, I would do an eye patch as well. I think it just adds some character to you. Yeah. People mm-hmm. like, it's like a, a, a minor case of peacocking for me. <laughs> people do not disrespect an eye patch person. I no. I don't know that I would. I think I would get a, a replacement eyeball. Same color? Yeah. You wouldn't do like maybe like a purple one on one side and a normal and no. a normal eye on the other? I actually Maybe I, I'll get ones for holidays. <laughs> <laughs> like a wreath? No, like a yeah, yeah, like a wreath. Or a pumpkin. <laughs> a pumpkin iris. A pumpkin. Have you ever seen those glasses that are just like eyes that have a little hole cut out of them? Yeah, so they're like mystery. <laughs> I would just pop one out and have my <laughs> the glasses that are like the fake eye <laughs> over your eye patch. <laughs> yeah, I like, I that. like that. Yeah, mm. I like that too. I think they sell those in grocery stores and build them as disguises. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Disguise oh, kit. <laughs> I want to see them like do that like in a lineup. Just oh like oh my god, what he looked like that guy, got... but his eyes were different. That can't be him. His what if that's like what D and D means when it ha- it says your like your character has a disguise kit? It's like just that with the nose and the mustache. <laughs> like that's all it is. Is that Groucho Marx? What is that? <laughs> I was robbed by Groucho Marx. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I actually I, I really did enjoy this book. I just um, I I don't need a little I'm, more in the first issue. I just need a little more action. I think that's just who I am as a reader. Uh-huh. Like. Yeah, it was cool seeing them tackle, like, mental illness and, like, loss and all that stuff. But, you know, give me some punching. Give me some kicking. When you think about the idea of, like, what... So this this character took her partner. Yep. And now it's just showing up for her. What does it want with her? Yeah. Like, is it going to get her? Is it going to ask her to become, like... I guess I, I wanted like, more interaction kind of a... with that, which makes me think I'm going to pick up issue two because clearly there's going to be a lot of that, but... There was that 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 tease, but I wanted a little bit more just in this mm-hmm. book of that interaction. I think to your point, it does ask from from more from the reader to kind of get into that based on what it presents. Yeah, I don't mind that, but well, it's the I same think... thing with uh, the Jeff Lemire and Phil Hester book. We love the creative teams, and we know that they produce such great things. Family Tree. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like I know you guys are great, and you create great things. But these first issues are just like a little lacking mm-hmm. in their. This one, this one had more, more than Family Tree for me, but I agree. I there, see what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's a fine line in what's like, like when I know something's maybe not for me, and then whether or not the first issue like does enough. I think the more I read comics, the more I'm starting to shift to was it 
cohesive and easy to follow? And do I care about the characters? And if those two things get a yes, I'm going to buy the mm-hmm. second issue of it. Yeah. If let's say I get a full on plot and it's just not vibing with me, then that's a that's a no from me, dog, on that number two. <laughs> that's a no from me, dog. Does that like rule out all event books from now on? <laughs> yeah. Kind of does. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I haven't found one that's really very cohesive. Yeah. To date. Yeah. They're the start, especially or the start. The starting follow, of them are really rough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we all really enjoyed it. We enjoy this creative team. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you get a chance, go pick it up. Boom has killed it. Man. Dying is easy. <laughs> and writing comic books isn't. Yeah, from what we know. Yeah, so take this comic book back to the drawing board. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay, we got a take right away. Uh, Caitlin, before we get into that, can you please tell us what this book is about? I can. I can try. Um, so this is Sid Shit Talk Holmes, a little take on Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> I am led to believe. He is a grizzled ex-cop who really hasn't seen better days and has turned to trying to make it as a stand-up of all things from his ex-cop life or from his uh, cop lifestyle. Once he beats up a joke thief on his way to stardom on other people's material, he finds out someone finished the job and now he's on the other side of the law. But, okay, so obviously, Mike, you had issues. Yeah, I think we were I, all waiting with bated breath on. Okay, so here's my thing. On it, I have many things about this comic okay, book. Okay, start the clock. One of them is which we love the '90s, and we talk about a lot of '90s nostalgia. One thing that was not great about the '90s was the Andrew Dice Clay brand of comic book, comics that are like I'm edgy. Mm-hmm. I don't think this dude's like that though. No, neither do I. I no, Hickory Dickory Doc, I'm a no, cop. Yeah. He didn't hey, have. Hey, like... you know what's crazy? When a guy killed himself, he also pissed himself. He, but he didn't say that. He no. said more or less said like he was just like he's basically retelling shock, old cops. Shock. He was not, he's not trying to shock anybody. He's just trying to like relate life to how crappy it was like '90s shock comic. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like it was like I bad think, George Carlin. I think you saw a stand up in a comic book and then read all the word bubbles with, <laughs> "Hey, oh, come on, <laughs> what's up with the people in the bar who, with the drinks?" That was like Andrew thought... Dice Clay and Bill Cosby. That's <laughs> the two most prolific. If you if you time. you go to I'm Bill Dice. <laughs> if they go, you go to the Who's the Inspiration. Of this, they would say, oh, the CD New York uh, stand-up comic scene of the 90s. The Jay Leno's, the Andrew Dice Clay's, the uh, the crazy oddballs. That's what they would say. And that wasn't my, that's not my brand of comedy that I like. I, I, I felt that it was very clear that he is not an established enough comic to have a really worked through set. Yep. He maybe goes into some territory that doesn't work for a lot of different people because of his background. But he did have some stuff that made me like internally smirk with the bouncing yeah. stuff. Like I thought it was like he has the bones of a good comic, but he's going into material that's not going to work for everybody. This is literally and it's not fleshed. One out. of his jokes is like, uh, "I stumbled uh, in a subway and I fell into a bag of tits." <laughs> not a subway. Also, he's talking about a bouncer, a bouncer. in a strip club uh, and how it's a better boob- gig than being a bouncer oh, at a yeah. comedy club. I tripped in and fell into some boobies. <laughs> that's also like what it is to be a comic. He's probably workshopping jokes and like, yeah, there were like five people in the club and they were jokes. all comedians. Oh my god! Obviously, it's why he's working on them. <laughs> Well, you fucking failed. Here's, here's the thing. I, f- I found out what the issue is. Uh, Greg, Caitlin, and Mike, we like comedy. <laughs> we like we like follow it and like know like yeah, we love it. What's funny and like who's funny? Uh, not Budget King. <laughs> Budget King is an e boy. It's not your thing. I would say I'm a barometer of true it's comedy. It's not your thing. You put something funny in front of me, and I can I can tell you what the general public will think is funny. <laughs> so you're like a producer. 
Yeah, I believe this. I have will really not bad sell. news for you. A lot of people really liked Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't anymore. He got a movie out of it. So you're saying only for modern times you can do this? Yes, yeah, I, I I take the current barometer of the day, the moment, the time, the period. Right Should now. I also say that you do not like period pieces? Yes. And yes. so this was working against mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. interests from the jump. I like the '90s though, in some ways. <laughs> So it had that. Here's the other thing. You're projecting your stereotypes of stand-up on I, this. I, so that that was one point that I had. Yep. The other point is that if somebody had said, what was this comic book about? I would have been like a comedian who is like maybe a serial killer or also kills people too. And it's like. It's, it, it's not that at all. Well, I know. It's not that. But in the end, he does kill him. Nope. Yeah, he, he accidentally killed him. Nope. Mm-mm. Somebody else did it. Somebody else killed him. You don't think that he where like, he leaves him is not even the same pose like and his face has been beaten so, in and he's okay, lying. Okay, so in then I read a different. Blood. I I thought that he was like internalizing something and he didn't realize how far he actually went and killed him. And how do you not like this comic? The girl had a fucking pentagram dress on. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, all uh, plays to Satan does not make me immediately like a comic book. I, I think so. I think it I does, think, I think I don't. I think I don't know you at all anymore, but you guys. I, Okay, it is It is a good win. I did like that you part. You like a period piece. Yes. You hate, you hate this comic because it talks about boobs. I, 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 I like boobs, too. But also the writer, the writer of Punk's Not Dead, that comic book was atrocious, and he's also on this comic book. So I think Joe Hill just picked a bad team for himself. Wait, what? What do you mean? This comic book was co-written. Oh, oh I, didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, by the author of Punk's Not Dead and Joe Hill. Oh, okay. And I think I'm I'm blaming Punk's Not Dead guy. And I think Joe Hill was like, I'm just trying to write a horror book here. And then Punk's Not Dead guy did all these like weird things that nobody wants. I was it even a horror book? Yeah. I don't think it was. I think it's like a crime noir thing. The with only. A- with a comic. Thing, with a comic. The only thing I could make a case for it being horror is if the tie-in to this lady that he that everyone's saying he made kill herself, yeah, mm-hmm. comes back in some way to mm. haunt him, or that maybe some like thing is trying to get revenge on him, yeah. or or put him away because he's done this crime in their minds. Yep. Actually, that's maybe. a good point because they did I touch on I, a pretty. Yeah, important part of his life of he made this woman. Well, he pestered this woman because he was saying that the evidence pointed to that she killed her child. Child, child yeah. Where this is doing? this is where this book belonged <clears throat> on oh. Black Crown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hated you know, this book. That's, I mean, I, I, could, I would have. I wouldn't have been surprised to see it on Black to see Crown. this on. Yeah, mm-hmm. if this book had been on Black Crown, it was an I, image book, right? Was no, it an image? No, IDW. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. I think the moment that it had this book... That's an obscure publisher, I think. IDW. IDW. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take bigger risks if you're a bigger writer on something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do something weirder. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best writing parts of this was when he beats the shit out of this comic, and the comic's... Like, the the comedian that he didn't like is, like, injured, and he, like, goes for the throat to try to insult him about all this stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, that guy sucks. Like so, that was like that well, was good writing. There was good character this, writing. He was bringing up the instances from his past that we also found, like when he was attacked by that woman. I didn't even know if that was supposed to be like. He actually should have known that though. I don't know. I think we're Maybe gonna he, find this out. This guy's going insane, and he thought he was saying that stuff. I don't know. My my impression was that this was a news story or something mm. that was really popularized and now it's kind of common knowledge that if you know this guy yeah he was in this like lawsuit or something mm. and now he's a disgraced cop and mm-hmm. he's that would make sense. hanging out in CD clubs now I got this weird feeling that like the the comic that got beat up his grandpa or dad was the truck driver the way he was phrasing it cuz he's like did you, you may also forget that the truck driver also died yeah he yeah no, I no. I didn't get that. I kind of thought he was just like trying to be like, "You're a complete piece of shit." Yeah, okay. I, I may have been reading into it, that but like, if not you find only out that someone who you egged someone on to killing themselves, and maybe you've convinced yourselves that they deserved it, mm-hmm. but hey, what about the guy who hit the woman, veered off the road, and died? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's you're true. A, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, don't let yourself convince yourself otherwise. That dialogue was really good. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. That was good. awesome. I I loved the whole book. I thought it was really intriguing. The art style was really good. I guess I just don't like that type of person, 
So I had to be like, okay, let me let me take off the budget king blinders. The thing that was hard for me to <laughs> forget buy... the Satan, forget <laughs> the period piece. <laughs> what is this book at its core? The thing that was hard for me to buy was that he was trying to make it as a stand-up. I don't really know why that would be a career of choice for somebody to kind of throw themselves into. He thought after he had a he, life he thought like he had that. enough like good material. I've heard that a lot of comedians have depression in the way that they're working out their like own thoughts are like publicly through co- comedy. Yeah. It so that seems it seems like pretty grisly to try to turn that material, mm-hmm. that particular material, not just like your kind of general childhood trauma or anxiety, depression. Yeah. Like that is some dark grisly stuff to try to make light of. They did insinuate that his material is good enough for a younger, better looking guy to cop it yep. and have success. Yeah. I I guess, and we can get into this like weird thing. This is where you guys are going to disagree with me. I don't like the. Oh, just this now. is where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you just been listening? I don't like the traditional stage for comics to get like famous. Of like, give me fifteen minutes, of your best material, and it's like uh, I like like the Eric Andres, Harold Burris, like mm-hmm. Tim and Eric, like yeah. like the the backwards way of just being like, this is what's actually fun, like going with like the times yeah. of that, and so like I feel like this is built on this premise of like the empirical knowledge of like comedy. And it just felt, like, weird. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by stand-ups and the... the Processes? Processes and workshopping things and all that they go through in order to, like, get an hour special. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, now everyone's seen it and I can't do any of those jokes. I just spent, like, fucking two years trying to figure out how to string them together. And so it was really interesting for... For me, from that perspective, just because I think it's a personality type and a mentality that I'm interested in, and then you throw some like murder and intrigue into it, and it it made for a good tale. It is very much so a personality portrait of this character and a comedian type, and if you don't like stand-up comedy... Or those types, especially like 90s stand-up comedy, I could totally see, and you're very validated in not liking this because it was less any of the other genre things we're talking about and more so a portrait of this guy. And, uh, to, yeah, to just like piggyback on that point, like both of the both of the primary characters in this book you are not supposed to like, I don't think. Yeah. Like, right. to get anybody to even like your main character, I mean, clearly he's got a friend in that woman that shows up, but, yeah. like, he's not a likable guy. Right. Just by any means. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to work with that as your main character. Totally. <laughs> like, not even trying to redeem him at all. Do you guys like pieces of media that eventually say their title somewhere in there? Uh, this is going I don't, somewhere. <laughs> I don't like it. I think it's, like, the corniest moment of anything. So You when, didn't like it when in Empire Strikes Back, Luke looks at the camera and goes, it really was a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> or you didn't like it when Richard Dreyfus from the boat yelled, Jaws! <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> I Yeah, I wasn't a big fan when Harrison Ford, he looks down the cave and he goes, Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> <laughs> it had to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it just had to be. <laughs> um, yeah, so when the, the dying is easy line, like he goes, dying is easy. Or something, what's like his little setup? Comedy's hard. Comedy's hard, dying is dying easy. Dying is easy. I'm just like, I think in your mind, this book had a lot going against it, so you weren't ready to cut it any favors. Well, I'm also like, Joe Hill, man, you got a whole publishing company going. You got well, like, maybe this deal was before you got, we had that. You got hot books. You got Lock and Key just just picked up. Don't do Punks is Not Dead Guy a favor by doing this book. Just spend more time with your family and your dad, who's famous. Oh, my God. Guess what? Joe Hill, also famous. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he used to have to hang out with his famous dad. <laughs> Papa, can I get some of your famous juice? <laughs> Joel, Joel would have to say no because he's spending time on dumbass comics. This book wasn't <laughs> dumb. It just wasn't for you. True. That's we say that about most comics. Yeah. I think the re- yeah. I think in regard to I had a moment where I was like, why on another publisher? 
mm-hmm. rather than I even got confused if it was the same guy imprint. And I, I think it boils down to what we talked about earlier that this may that the imprint is specifically horror, and I don't know that it's going to be horror. And I think one thing that probably fell flat for me is Joe Hill in my brain being a horror comic book writer now. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly not all he's written. He's had plenty of other uh, genre comics. But I I just expect that. And especially with the title that we had, I was like, sweet, uh, another Joe Hill horror book. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wasn't that. This was a, this was also an imprint on IDW? Okay, so no. I just, I yeah. Oh, Black Crown is. is from IDW. Also, Black Crown is no more. That's why it's on IDW, and it probably was supposed to be this on Black gonna Crown. This was going to be a Black oh. Crown book. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what it was. Okay. This was definitely scheduled well, we, to be a Black Crown book. We haven't confirmed that, but we do know that You're right, but we're I, putting pieces I, But together. I'm going to say, without a doubt, it, this was a Black Crown book. You yeah. heard it here first. Yeah. And that's why it ain't so good. Yeah. <laughs> Black Crown was such. Just I love elite. that you just keep trolling the three. You're in the minority, but you keep trying to say we've come to a conclusion that this book was bad, and none of us have said that. But you. we got to take hotter takes. <laughs> no, I, this isn't just me taking hotter take. It wasn't for me. I, I I will leave it at that. I guess I haven't left it at that. I can I can you, I, you I can, aren't you aren't gonna be happy until you convince everyone in this room to that burn this up comic the- was bad. <laughs> Yeah, it did. I didn't enjoy it. You see, you guys see yourself following this. I would like when you do read it. Let me know what, why, how this person died, and why. I will not give you the satisfaction. <laughs> let me ask you guys. I'll probably this. Cold dead fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a conversation for our listeners and what they want to hear over on our Patreon feed. But I was thinking more often when we say this is interesting. I wonder what the hell the second issue is going to be that we should turn our Patreon feed into like just that. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Do you this. like that idea? Second we issue can club. Still do... Yeah, it's like second issue club. Yeah. And it's like, was it actually good that's or what, not? Somebody yeah. wrote me back on the Patreon and said that. Really? That's, they like, that's well, what we they, should do. Yeah, 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 then we'll start doing that. So follow ups. We're first reading issue a lot of them. Because the clip... Oh, I like that. First issue follow ups. Yeah. The, the cliffhanger on this was a little interesting with. One, guy dying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two, cops come into that guy's house. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be on the run? Is he going to get arrested? Is he going to make his case? Tell him a joke. Yeah, he'll probably have some yuck yucks. Well, I guess the thing now is like he's an ex cop. So I <laughs> when think. When they handcuff him, the rubber hands fall off and he just <laughs> runs away. <laughs> he's wearing one of those glasses, the disguise mask. <laughs> like, we can't even find the killer. <laughs> First, before you arrest me, smell my flower. <laughs> squirt, yeah. squirt. The funny thing about getting arrested by women cops is you land in the boobies. <laughs> I think if anyone hasn't read this book and they pick it up after having listened to this, they're going to expect the character to be a full fucking blown I clown. And, and he's not. Like, he's like a grizzled, like, yes. I imagine his delivery being like, here's the thing about being a bouncer at a strip club. Ain't great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's very solemn and like grizzled. You get so that wasn't STDs even that was like time. that was like one of the segues <laughs> on the way to the punchline of a joke. Like I feel mm-hmm. like you've made it all about so that I, comment. I, I read not. it. I read it like um, yeah, that, do an impression. Um, what do you think this guy sounds like? I on think stage? you've already. I think you already did one. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do one. Okay. okay. So I was a cop, you see, and uh, over here I was making a rest, and this guy, he was fucking a dog. Could you believe it? He fucked the dog, he killed the dog, the dog also got arrested. (laughs) That is so far from how I interpreted any of this. I kind of like that guy, though. (laughs) That's almost the joke joke he told. (laughs) That wasn't a joke. The joke was... I'm the, literally about to pull no. this up and read it <laughs> the joke, just so you can see. The joke he was trying to make was you never meet an evil genius in homicide. Everyone's a fucking idiot. There's yeah, no motivation behind murder. On TV shows, you every person who commits a homicide is like a genius. Yeah, like a right. criminal mastermind. Yeah. I get, my, and his joke was he caught the guy by saying, oh, we'll catch you because you left the DNA evidence inside the cocker spaniel. And the stupid criminal goes, joke's on you. I pulled out. And the cops go, well, you just confessed, so now we can arrest you. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think here's my thing too. Yeah. I'm always I'm always impressed when someone's writing a joke or music lyrics in a comic yes. that aren't 
off the wall yes. fucking garbage. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, so I think it's like weighted. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I'm grading on a curve. Yes. Okay. It was like it's, it read like an actual you stand-up could, routine to me. See, like I could see someone did, actually did, doing yeah. that stand-up yeah. routine, and I said, "Wow, amazing!" Because normally, if someone's trying to be funny in a comic, it is like horrible. So many people are bad at writing character that. types yeah. that take that are just not based in well, any kind of it, reality. It takes a would. lot of expertise to be a stand-up comedian, so it makes sense that not a lot of writers could write a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing that got me is we're supposed to believe that like the audience is supposed to be like he's actually funny, he's just not appreciated because he's so good that this guy is stealing his jokes to get on Leno. So, but here's the thing. Well, I think that he's guy's not, stealing from a lot of people. He's not a I think fa- he's taking he's not the a f- true failing two, comic, three minute bit okay. from each person and then selling that to his producer lady. And I th- and I think he's also our main character bombed in this club. Mm-hmm. There were like seven people listening and no one was laughing. I don't remember like reading ha ha. Even those two guys that went up to the bartender were like, we have not heard anything that's made us laugh yet. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not doing well. Right. There. Oh, fuck. Those guys had guns. Yeah. They did have guns. Do you think they killed the Maybe other they comic? killed the comic in the alleyway and like got his money from him. Pinned it on. Yeah. Cuz the guy the guy puked on our comic right. and so he left his jacket in the dumpster. Right. Holy shit. How are you not liking this book? <laughs> so many twists and turns. So he's going to have to homicide his own murder. Oh. oh. Wow. See? I also didn't know he's, that he's, dying is hard, but comedy is easy. How, is like, he's is a, monk, but monk's the, the suspect. thing people say outside of this book. Yeah, is I think it? so. Oh, yeah, so that, that makes me like the title more. I'm coming, I was a, I was a low 0.5. Now I'm like into a, the three or four range. Okay. Well, specifically Budget King, keep an eye out for our Patreon where we cover the second episode. I can't wait. <laughs> I was serious. So you, I can read, you can read my copy so you don't have to give Joe Hill. <laughs> no, I'm that torn up about it. No, I actually do. It, I have as much anticipation on this as I did the Jetsons figuring out <laughs> what, what, painting, what it was. painting it was. Oh, fuck, what painting I was that? I was so stoked. It was a nothing. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't even know if it was a real painting. I think it was something they made up. It was like family dinner. Oh. It was it not? Uh, I, was it not a real painting? I don't think it was. Like a rock. What's that guy? The, the family. Thomas, family. <laughs> Thomas Kincaid. Oh, What's yeah. I wish he was a Thomas Norman Kincaid. Rockwell. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Rock Rockmaninoff. <laughs> Put to painting. <laughs> you have it, Mike. Look it up. In the, I just, oh man, wait, I really wish. At it some was point, a like, can you Thomas Kincaid <laughs> yeah. c- confirm for us? I'd love to know what it was. I'll post right it side now. by side. Okay. The Master of Light. Find it. I think we did a great job reviewing these two comics. I think we got a Let's scoot. Let's call it a day. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Be sure to check out our year-end episode coming in about two weeks. Be sure to follow us on Patreon if you want some extra episodes. We already kind of teased it. We'll be covering some second issues. So if you want to see some of that, find us at Patreon. Rate, review, five stars. See you all next week. Be safe out there. First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.